Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We hit the field light. All day light. All night light. Here we go. Here we go. Keep it all. Keep it all. Keep it all. This is the Cleveland Sports Beat Podcast with James Rapine and Daryl Ryder on 923thefan.com. What up and welcome into another edition of the Cleveland Sports Beat Podcast. He is Daryl Ryder. I'm James Rapine. We are your beat writers for 923 The Fan and 923thefan.com. We have a stacked and packed show coming up. We're going to talk all things Browns, Odell Beckham Jr., all of the reports going on right now about OBJ. We're going to discuss that. Baker Mayfield's comments, Freddie Kitchens, his future in the six and seven Browns. But first, a quick reminder to subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your podcasts, including iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and the Radio.com app. And wherever you listen, make sure you leave a five-star review so more Cleveland sports fans can find this podcast. There's a ton on our website right now about the Cleveland Browns, who improved to six and seven with a big win over the Bengals. On Sunday, but it didn't really feel like a win with all of the the reports and the OBJ future stuff and all that going around. And so that's where we're going to start. Make sure you check out Daryl's work, by the way, on the website at 923thefan.com. Daryl, let's start with with OBJ, the elephant in the room. There are reports out there saying that he's told from, from Jay Glazer, this is where it originally surfaced, he was telling... And I assume it's Tom Brady, by the way. That's one of the guys that he met with, by the way. Um, he told teammates or, or opponents rather uh that their team should trade for him at some point in october they've narrowed it down to that they played the seahawks that month they played the patriots that month and the 49ers that month what do you make of this report how unhappy is obj and do you think the browns are going to trade him i don't think the browns are going to trade him odell's obviously not happy because this stuff doesn't just get made up out of thin air uh, he's not doing the talking. He is allowing those around him to do his talking for him. So he has what I like to call plausible deniability. I'm not saying anything. I'm not being a distraction. I'm being a team guy. Meanwhile, every the you know everyone else is running the orchestra around him. And this is how you get yourself out of situations too, is by these types of of stories popping up. So. I know Freddie Kitchens took umbrage Monday afternoon with my phrasing of a question to him about the relationship with Odell being fractured, but it is fractured because if it was not fractured, James, we would not be having this conversation. We would not be talking about Odell being unhappy. Listen, Jake Glazer's not getting on Fox NFL Sunday and saying that people are telling him things and then ending it with this relationship, I think, is not going to end well for either Odell Beckham Jr. or the Cleveland Browns. He just, he's not going to be irresponsible and just make something up like that in a vacuum just so people watch that pregame show. Mm-hmm. Everyone watches it anyway. So uh, there is, I believe, in my opinion, merit. Now, 
I will say this because I want to be extremely fair to Odell in this situation. I'm in his corner. I think he's a hell of a player. I think the Cleveland Browns need him. And maybe he doesn't need the Cleveland Browns as much, but I, I think there can be a good, sound, solid, symbiotic relationship between the two, but not in the current environment that is there. And I think that that's kind of part of the problem. He's looking at this situation like, I've been playing hurt since training camp. I could have easily had surgery and bagged it for a couple of weeks and come back, uh, you know, in after the season had begun. Instead, I opted to tough it out and play through this thing. I'm given 110% on the football field, and the offense is a cluster F. Uh, Baker's not playing well. Um, the sideline is disorganized chaos, and if you don't believe me, just go – Watch the sideline specifically. Forget about what's happening on the field. Anytime, just watch the Brown sideline and just how chaotic it always is every Sunday. So uh, it's unfortunate. It's not surprising. And as I said with Ken and Anthony Monday morning uh, on the morning show, James, this is on John Dorsey now to clean this up, to get with Odell's agent, get the agent on the phone, find out what's going on, clear the air, Make sure that line of communication is open so that they can move this thing forward because the Cleveland Browns should not, and I don't feel like they can afford to divorce Odell and to trade him just a year after acquiring him. Yeah, it, it, they sh- first off, they shouldn't. And, and I want to shut down this idea that the Browns can just flip OBJ because I know Colin Cowherd says it, and I know there are people in Cleveland that believe this. The Browns can't get a franchise left tackle for Odell Beckham Jr. It's not that simple. You're not going to be able to just trade him to the Patriots and they're going to give up this great offensive lineman. You know why? Because they don't really have any great offensive linemen. And if you are a great offensive lineman and and you're going to add Odell Beckham Jr., you don't want that line to be worse. So it's not going to happen. So that's not going to happen. And what? You're at your hands up. I have a question. Yeah. Because you mentioned franchise left tackle. Mm -hmm. How many... Games did the Browns win with a franchise left tackle over eleven seasons? No, and that's forty-eight fair. left tackles protect your quarterback. I'm not minimizing the position, okay, and I'm not mocking Joe Thomas, not at all. And I, 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 I had a conversation with a Browns player a couple weeks ago who said to me, "I don't know how Joe Thomas put up with this for all these years here, mm-hmm. the losing. He, I would have lost my mother bleeping mind if I were him. Mm-hmm. Mad respect to him." to be a Hall of Famer and play through some of the things he did. But, uh, you know, left tackles don't score touchdowns. They don't put points on the board. Yes, they do protect the quarterback and make it easier on the quarterback. They indirectly do. But, but l- l- let's just put it this way. I'm not trading Odell Beckham Jr. for a freaking left tackle. And I'm with you. But I don't even think you can. The Patriots aren't going to give up their number one tackle or their their number one offensive. Let's say they had this a stud. They're not doing that. That you know the the 49ers aren't going to do that. They have multiple offenses. Why would they give up Mike McGlinchey, who was drafted in the top ten a couple of years ago, for Odell Beckham Jr. Because then that puts Jimmy Garoppolo at risk. You you don't do both, and you can improve at wide receiver. By the way, it's a great wide receiver class this upcoming draft. You know I'm a big draft guy. So just all together, I'm not taking pennies on the dollar for Odell Beckham Jr. You know who does that? The the Raiders. And then you watch Randy Moss go ball out for the Patriots and have 22 touchdowns and set records. So you can't do that. So that, to me, I, I don't see a scenario where the, the Browns get better trading Odell. I also will say 
that Odell Beckham Jr. should be upset. He should be bothered. He should be pissed off. You have a coach who has no idea what the hell he's doing, a quarterback who's much louder and in more commercials than he he's thrown touchdowns this year. Odell Beckham Jr. has 11 targets in the past two weeks combined, five on Sunday against the Bengals, six the week before in a loss to the Steelers. He's not even involved in this offense. Like, it's kind of the point now. He's not, literally not involved. He can't get screens. They never take deep shots. Very rarely is he the focal point. And I get it. They have great running game and things. Can you use him at all? So let's see. They're not winning. Historically, this is an awful franchise. They're coached by a, a car salesman who's really a position coach who has no sense of self-awareness. And Odell Beckham Jr. probably laughs at the idea that Freddie Kitchens is his head coach. He probably doesn't believe in Baker, and people don't like to hear that, but it's probably the reality. He probably has questions about Baker Mayfield and how good he can be long-term. All of those things... And you're playing injured. You can't get the ball. They're not winning. Like, it's just, it keeps going and going and going. Of course Odell Beckham Jr. is pissed. Of course he's like, hey, Russell Wilson, come get me. Hey, Tom Brady, come get me. Like, why the hell not? Of course you're thinking that. Everyone listening to this podcast would feel the same damn way. If they were, like, the, the Cleveland Browns right now are Kmart. Right, and they're trying to become relevant again, and not go, for the first time in a long, long time. In in the the perception is is that they're the little brother. I, I have to take exception. What the Browns aren't Kmart; they're the freaking dollar store trying to turn into Gucci's. The, the Gucci's, that's fine. But yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like that's, and so if that's the perception. Of course, Odell Beckham Jr. is unhappy. Uh, it, it has nothing to do with Cleveland, the city, or New York, or nothing. When you lose, it sucks. And when you're losing and not getting the ball and you're the best player on the freaking team, it sucks more. And when your coach is an idiot, it sucks even more. And when your quarterback talks more and has a much bigger mouth than he does a game, and that's the reality for Baker this season, then that that's what you're looking at for Odell. So I'll defend him there. I'd be pissed and upset and bothered by my current situation too. This is a good way to transition, though, to Baker Mayfield. I think the reason Baker Mayfield said what he said is because he knows he can't lose Odell Beckham Jr., as in on his side. Baker knows he's not playing well. Every Like, he knows it, right? He's played well. And he's played at a high level at every step. Oklahoma. Won the Heisman. Last year, the Jets game came in right away, played at a high level, was clearly better than Tyrod Taylor from the jump, right? He's struggling now. He knows that. He also knows Odell Beckham Jr. is a star. If he can't consistently get him the ball, guess what he's got to do? Defend him, even if it means throwing the medical staff under the bus. I'm not saying what he said was right. Right. He was, he was trying to stick up for Odell. Correct. But unfortunately, in doing so, he said something that was – inappropriate and then had to walk those comments back in a Twitter apology and then also with a one-on-one meeting with Freddie Kitchens which whom I'm sure he took real serious you know Freddie Mr. T-shirt guy take me seriously as the Browns head coach even though I'm going to wear a shirt mocking one of the most traumatic events that sabotaged this entire season losing my star franchise defensive player let's make light of that in a t-shirt and take pictures with fans but by the way when you step out of line, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull you in the office and tell you. Yeah, I'm sure that conversation went over really well. The problem for the Browns is they have allowed these guys to be too much of themselves at times. Mm-hmm. It's it's great that like working at the fan, it's great. You know, 
I, uh, our uh, bosses here, they they get they give us a lot of latitude to be creative and to be ourselves. But there's a certain level of professionalism that is also expected of us, and the way that we interact with our coworkers, the way we interact with them, and uh, the way we present ourselves to the public. And I gotta tell you, uh, those three categories, the Browns fail. Okay. Like, those are all fails for the Browns. Mm -hmm. They don't present themselves well to the public, both uh, on and off the field at times. They uh, don't interact well with the others at times. Just, again, look at the sidelines. And they don't interact well with the superiors. So, you know, this this is, I think, part of the mess that John Dorsey has to clean up this offseason. And that's why, for weeks, I have been harping on the lack of Leadership. Just because you say you're a leader doesn't make you a leader. Just because you play a position of leadership does not make you a leader. Mm-hmm. Okay? And Baker was crowned the leader of this franchise last year. Okay? And so now, once you give up that control, how do you reel that back in? And that's my... I, that's that's why Freddie has to be gone. Right. And that's, he, that's he, the... There, that's there are the, no ands, ifs, or buts about it. That's the issue here is that, yes, you can be yourself. You can express yourself. I will never criticize. I'm not criticizing what Baker said last night because I appreciated the, the moment of candor and the, and, the, and the honesty, even though the organization was very unhappy. And I know for a fact the organization was downright angry Sunday night over what Baker said. And again, it was no coincidence that those tweets came out moments after that press conference, and then again, he had to go and sit privately with Freddie Kitchens and have a meeting today, okay, uh, about it. Uh, and I'm sure Baker didn't mean any harm. I believe him. No, he, but he was going out of his way to defend right. Odell because he feel he. But you know, he feels it slipping. That's where he feels a, it slipping away. Right, and that. But that's where a lack of maturity with Baker comes into play. He's a young player. He's a young man who has been handed the keys to a franchise that has been an embarrassment to the sport of football for 20 years until he arrived, okay? And he's all, so not only is he trying to find his own way within the league, on the field, and his performance, he's trying to lead. He's There's a lot on this guy's plate, and I'm not making excuses for Baker, but I also am not bashing Baker. I'm just trying to tell both sides of the story here. Oh. And, and you know, that that's a tough thing to ask of a 23-year-old guy. And unfortunately... Being the quarterback of the Cleveland Browns is is difficult. It's unique. It comes with challenges that a lot of quarterbacks in the league don't have to deal with. I just called it the Browns factor. There is the Browns factor. Odell Beckham Jr. is dealing with the Browns factor. Like The Browns are showing Odell they are everything he thought they were when he came here or that he had heard about them. Like. Odell is the antithesis of what I have heard about him coming here. Okay. The narrative around him that he's a pain in the butt. He's a prima donna. He's an anti-team guy. He's a me first only guy, yada, 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 right? Everything I've observed of Odell is the exact opposite. Takes care of his teammates. He's good to his teammates. He socializes with his teammates. He, you know what I mean? He mm-hmm. roots for him, cheers for him. Good guy. He has made a concerted effort not to say anything inflammatory to reporters about his frustration 
and, and when, he's had opportunities to throw people under the bus. He doesn't do that thing, okay? Well, the Browns, meanwhile, what, what were the Browns' reputation? They lose all the time. They're dysfunctional behind the scenes. They don't know what they're doing from a coaching perspective and uh, all, all that, right? Mm-hmm. Guess what the Browns have been this year? That. That. And, and, and to your point about Baker, it is hard to overcome the past. 20 years of dysfunction. Being the first overall pick on a team that has a couple down years is hard. To overcome 20 years of dysfunction, think about it. I just said that the Browns should fire Freddie Kitchens. If that happens in the offseason, and I don't care if they finish 9-7 and seven and somehow make the playoffs. There's like By the way, Peter chance. King said on Dan Patrick Monday that he does think a coaching change is coming. It should. It 100% should. Because it, two things. One, if you're going to overcome 20 years of dysfunction— and you're looking to Baker Mayfield to do it. He can't be alone. He needs he needs a head coach and you're making, that can do it. You're making my point for me. He has a lot that he's shouldering, and that's again not bashing him, not making excuses for him. He has to play better. He has to be a better leader. Absolutely, 100 percent fair inbounds to say. However, that's also a lot to ask of a guy as he is trying to lift up the crap of the NFL for the last quarter century onto his shoulders, and get this thing elevated. Think think since he drafted what he has been asked to overcome. Overcome Hugh Jackson. Overcome Todd Haley. Overcome, honestly, a lack of weapons at times last year. Uh, deal with, uh, you know, primarily rookie running back, a strong personality uh, in Jarvis Landry as you receive. You know what I mean? Like, that, that's a lot already. So he, he made it past that. And then it, overcome, we fired both of these guys. Now Freddie Kitchens is the guy. So overcome that. And then this year, overcome the bad play calling in a, a, an offensive line that is below average. Like, it's just, it's so much. And overcome the, e- like, it, dealing with egos and trying to keep Odell Beckham Jr. and this guy happy and this guy. On top of it, Baker does the commercials. And Baker soaking up the limelight. And Baker's, and I'm not knocking him for the commercials because get yours. But at the end of the day, I think that he needs a coach that is going to be very, he needs a disciplinarian in his life. To a degree, but I'm not saying to, like a strict to, disciplinarian. I'm just saying just someone that will rein him in a little bit. Take some of the burden off of, hey, this is your franchise. It can't just be his franchise. It just, it can't. It, th- he will fail. He, he, it, and again, three years ago, if I would have said, yeah, w- one quarterback is going to change the, the Browns. You would have said, yeah, but it needs he needs to have a great coach. He needs uh, the the talent around him, and, and things need to and, and they have put the talent around him. The offensive line will improve this offseason. But to me, Freddie Kitchens, I, I mean, that if you get the coach right, Odell will be happy, Baker will be happy, all of that. You know what I'm saying? Like, if Freddie Kitchens was the guy everyone thought he was, this would be fine. These reports wouldn't be coming out about Odell. They wouldn't be 6-7. and seven. They would have beat Denver. They would have swept the Steelers. They probably would have beat Seattle. And we'd be talking about a team that has nine wins and not six. And what Freddie Kitchens is learning this year, and I go back to a question that I asked him last year uh, when he bristled at, when I asked him about being ready to be head coach, and he gave the great answer about, well, how does anyone know when they're ready to be a head coach? Is there a list of boxes that I'm supposed to check off or whatever? Great answer. Loved it. You know, he, mm-hmm. he, he won the room. He he wins the room. Every time he steps in the room, he wins the room. He I'll say this about Freddie. He's the nicest, most personable head coach the Cleveland Browns have ever had. 
Unfortunately, that's not the metric by which he's judged. He's judged by wins and losses, how his team performs, and the efficiency of uh, his department, which in his case is the offense. Unfortunately, Freddie is too raw for this job. I think someday Freddie Kitchens could be a good NFL head coach, but he's not. he wasn't ready for this. He wasn't ready for Baker. He wasn't ready for Odell. He wasn't ready for uh, calling his own plays and managing a game and doing all of that stuff. He had never done it before. He did it for eight weeks last last year, and the eight weeks he did it last year, he had all the assistant coaches helping him with the game plan. Okay, and and, and, and two it, games against the Bengals, right. which are an historically awful defense. Right. You know, you had, you had I, it was I get set it. up for success. But, but but my point is, is if Freddie was coaching a, uh, I don't know what would be a good, maybe like an Arizona situation or. If he was coaching a legitimate rebuilding, we're establishing a team our with program, no expectations. Right. No expectations. We're just trying to establish our long term culture, our long term vision, et cetera. Freddie Kitchens, I think, would have been the perfect hire because then he would have had time to fairly grow into the job. Okay. And unfortunately, here we can't be like, you can't, you can't let him grow into the, You just, you got to be. I, I said it earlier in the season. I don't have time for Freddie Kitchens to learn how to be a head coach. And again, I know that's cold. It's callous. It's, it's somewhat dickish to say, but that's the reality. Like the Browns are ready to roll now. They're ready to win now. They're ready to make the playoffs now. And a big reason why they're going to not achieve any of those goals is because Freddie Kitchens has been learning on the job. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm James Erpine. We'll quick it. We'll take a quick timeout. And be back with more Browns talk. Baker Mayfield, Freddie Kitchens, and more coming up next right here on the Cleveland Sports Beat Podcast. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.
Yeah, Daryl, you mentioned Freddie Kitchens and him not being ready for the job. And it's pretty simple to me. If you have a quarterback that's growing into being a franchise quarterback after 20 years of dysfunction, and you have a wide receiver like Odell Beckham Jr., who's still growing into it, a star right away, still growing into himself and still finding himself. And he said he's learned a lot about himself this year and the challenges. You have a lot of different guys that are, are growing. Mm-hmm. What the Browns needed, and we sat in this very room and talked about it during the Freddie thing. I was like, yeah, right after he got hired, like, yeah, that, that's the one concern. He doesn't have the experience. Like, that's – and it matters, and we're seeing it now. So, to me, John Dorsey needs to sit down with the Haslams. And, and maybe maybe it's this week and say, look, regardless of what happens down the stretch here, we need to make sure we're setting Baker Mayfield up for success – we need to make sure we're setting up this franchise for success. And I don't think you can do that, regardless of what they finish. Nine and seven, eight and eight, seven and nine. I, I don't care what they finish, what the record is. And it could end up being nine and seven. They already beat Ravens. They already beat the Ravens. They already beat the Bengals. They got to beat the Cardinals. You, you, you know, if they did that, people would be feeling good. I still can't bring back Freddie Kitchens. I cannot do it because if you're going. To give Baker an opportunity to succeed, you need someone who is going to keep him in line, as in focused on the goals and the task at hand. He needs to come back next year in better shape, uh, with more accuracy, uh, a better athlete, just ready to go mentally and physically. Like He needs to improve this offseason. It doesn't look like he improved last offseason. I want to play, a game. A, I play a, a game with you. You need a coach. That's fine. You need a coach that can get that out of him. And I get why they thought it was Freddie Kitchens, but John Dorsey, what did he do? He had a list of coaches. And after he interviewed Freddie Kitchens, you know what he said? You know what? I'm going to rip this list up. We're not going to hire from this list. That was a mistake, and you got to right your wrong. I don't mean to, to, to harp on Freddie too much, but OBJ, all this dysfunction, a lot of it comes from losing. Winning cures a lot. Winning cures a lot, believe me. If they win next year with a new coach... OBJ will be happy. Yep. Baker Mayfield will be happy. Jarvis Landry will be happy. At Kareem Hunt, he's been a big part of their success over the past five games, right? It, it seems like he was a nice addition. When you're playing well and you're winning, those superstars, those divas are okay to deal with. What do you got? What I'm game? looking at the Brown schedule from this year and the coaches that they have played. I can find maybe two coaches that I would rather have Freddie Kitchens over. Who? And that's the problem. Who? Adam Gase? Yeah. Probably Adam Gase. And uh, who's coaching in Denver? I forget. I, I'm having Vic Fangio? Crack. Fangio. I don't even. I, yeah, they're playing hard. Yeah. But, I, don't, I don't even know if that. Yeah. But this is the point I'm trying to make. Okay. Um, and there are currently two head coaches that are available that I take over Freddie as well. And, it, and, and, and when you're talking about someone's job, I respect Ron Rivera the, and Mike McCarthy right, is who you're talking about. Right. I realize when you're talking about someone's job that that comes off as very personal, and, that, and that, that's not what I mean. Uh, th- this is about the Cleveland Browns and what is right for the talent that they have, where the organization is, and all those type of things. The, the Browns hired Hugh Jackson too soon, okay? And so that turned into a complete dumpster fire with Hugh Jackson, right? So um, if you flip the script, if Freddie Kitchens was the coach then – and Hugh Jackson walked in and took over this team today. I think, or you know, this with year with the talent. With the talent, I think that we're talking about two different 
storylines or two two different scenarios that are you know playing themselves out. You know, I I think again, Freddie's going to be a good NFL head coach someday, but this was a lot that he got thrown at him this he year. He should be the he, offensive coordinator. Right. That's what he should be right now. I'm not saying Freddie shouldn't be involved. Right. But my God, he he looks lost every week. To your point on the sidelines, he looks lost with the challenges. Uh, th- there's no discipline in that. None. D- the Demarius Randall thing. No discipline. Like, oh my God. If a real head coach... It, and, and I, I'm not trying to be mean to Freddie, and I know he benched Randall in, in one of the biggest games of the year, and that on the surface and, looks like and, discipline. And, 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 and quite frankly, he probably should have done re- that. No, he should have. A real unfortunately, head, a that real situation head coach should never come up. A real head coach, that player would get his ass out there. You think someone's saying to Bill Belichick, "Oh, we need more heaters"? They practice. If it's a, a, a the Patriots, if it's a, a game week and there's rain in the forecast. They practice in the rain. They practice. They'll water the ball down like crazy and make Tom Brady, who's literally the greatest quarterback in the history of football, throw it as a, and make practice as uncomfortable as possible. You know what I noticed different what? that they've done the last mm. couple weeks? So when they would they, – they, and I don't have a problem with them going in the field house when the fields are wet because if a guy slips and blows something out, guess what? You're a moron for practicing on the slick surface. Sure. You, so you what, gotta, but, safety matters. Right. But what what they would do is they would open all the doors in the field house so that the field house was the same temperature as it was outside. You know what they've done recently? Doors in the field house have been closed. Really? Yep. Why? Just I'm just pointing out. Something that See, I observed. Insane. Uh, uh, last I checked, uh, how cold is it in Cleveland? Is it going to be 65 degrees for, for any of their home games? Is, is that what it's going to be? No. It, it, now, it will be in Arizona this week. That's fine. In their dome, it'll be nice and in, 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 uh, temperature controlled there. But are you kidding me? Are you serious? Like Cincinnati, the final week, you think that's not going to be cold? The Ravens here, it's going to be cold. Are you serious? Mm-hmm. They shut the... That's the problem. Like, stuff like that. Like, little things. Thank you for noticing that. That's ridiculous. Like, Baker Mayfield should be throwing in the cold. What? Say it. Come on. I'm agreeing with you 100%. So, uh, that's insane to me. It's just something I noticed. Damaris Randall ain't going to be back, by the way. Oh, And that's why. Can I go on a... And I get it. The floor is yours. I, I get it. Like, like... The Browns haven't had success, and and so now when they did last year, it's like, oh, well, there's got to be extensions for this guy and this guy and this guy, and Baker's going to get paid, and these guys are going to get paid, and well, they got to really think about down the line, Miles Garrett and this and this and that. It's so long before we need to talk about, like, a Nick Chubb extension. You know, like, people are worried, oh, well, Denzel Ward's going to get paid, and this that's light years away. Not worried about it at all. So let's focus on the here and now. Like, I, I, I heck, I think we've had some conversations on the, the podcast about, oh, well, you know, Gerald McCoy or this or that. So many things change in the NFL from year to year. I don't give a damn about any of that. Like, I'm not worried about paying Baker yet because I don't even know if he's worth it yet. I'm serious. And I know that sounds crazy. You have to earn it. Like, Chubb's been great now. He's still got to earn his contract extension. Like, we're not there yet after two years. Can't sign it until after three. Like, he's still got to earn that. Denzel Ward, same thing. Like, a lot of these guys. So, with Demarius Randall, let that be the example. How great he was last year, right? Oh, man, you got to extend him. Yeah! 
that dude is in trouble. I don't know if he's he going to He came into the regular season projected to be the top available safety on the market to where he was going to get money that the Browns weren't going to pay him. He might have to sign a one-year prove-it deal somewhere. Yep. Like, that might be what we're at. Now, maybe someone throws money at him. I sure as hell wouldn't. But th- my point is, things change quickly. Let's just, let's relax with the, oh, we either got to extend this guy and this guy and this guy. No, no, no. J- Joe Schobert, I know that's been discussed. Who knows? I'm not paying him $15 million a year, though. I'll tell you that. I'm not. I agree. I'm not. And, He's and, a good player. Yes. He's an intelligent player. He's making plays, but he's he, he. I would not pay him elite. He's not a linebacker. game wrecker. I wouldn't pay him elite linebacker money. Yeah, you want seven and a half million? Here you go, Joe. Yep. And I don't. And but and this is and there, as you know with free agency and the, the agent typically steers that ship. And what's the agent's job? To get to, the most. To sure. get him every last dollar. And I think that right now the Browns are not offering every last dollar, and so they're playing it out. They shouldn't. I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't. All right, let's uh, let, let's put a bow on on this. With I want to get your opinion because you were there. You, you watched. You were there for Odell yesterday. You were there for the Odell questioning last week. Odell Beckham Jr. What else is there to this? Is he? It, can this? Can this be repaired? Um, is it something that you think is as simple as he's losing a lot? You know, in, in kind of like Charles Robinson put it, and he was on Bull and Fox on Monday, where it can be repaired this offseason and winning and all that stuff, and he's injured. Can John Dorsey fix it, or do you think that this is one of those things where Dorsey just got it wrong and never should have traded for OBJ? No, if John Dorsey doesn't fix it, John Dorsey needs to be held accountable because he went out and brought this guy in. So John Dorsey, that needs John has got to get this thing fixed. How how hot is his seat right now, Dorsey? It's no, it's 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 not hot. Um, it should be warm. Um, I'm going to say that right now. He brought, it should he, be warm. I, you know, uh, he should be allowed to get a second coach in here. I, I can I can tell you this. Unless he brings Freddie back. Sorry, I keep cutting you off. If he brings Freddie back next year, he doesn't get a second coach. You better hope Freddie works. Go ahead. Um, <laughs> I, lo- uh, I, I lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. Um, you would say, no, I, I asked you about Dorsey. Is his seat hot? Yeah, you know, and here's the thing, too, about the – I can tell you that there are people in the building that ask questions that you and I are asking on this podcast or that have been asked of me when I'm on with Bull and Fox or Ken and Anthony or uh, the midday, midday guys with, uh, you know, Baskin and Phelps or even uh, with Chico at night. You know, they see the same things that I see. Um, and, you know, the fact that Freddie comes out, his game plan is to throw the ball all over the yard against the worst run defense in the league. It was in- unbelievable. And awful linebacking pl- linebacker play. I mean, Vigil's fine and right. Jermaine Pratt, but you know, that doesn't scare you when you got Kareem Hunt, and Nick Chubb. Yeah, so um and the only way Nick Chubb is not going to win the NFL rushing titles is if Freddie Kitchen sabotages the guy and doesn't give him the ball. You know? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's the Browns are going to have an NFL rushing champion this year. Think about that. They're also going to have two 1000-yard so they're going to have a 1000-yard runner. And two thousand yard receivers. I don't know about Odell, man. Well, I'm gonna say that I'm gonna be optimistic and say that he, he, he he's hits, still he's, on track for a thousand. I think they're the only team. I think they're God. the only team in the league that has two eight hundred yard receivers and a thousand yard runner right now. Yep, because because so, Tampa Bay has the, the so receivers, the, but not so, the running back. If I would have told you at the beginning of the season, which I projected it, and you said that I, I, I if I remember correctly, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I think at the time when I said it, you you said I was I was. Uh, 
uh, not strong enough in my prediction that I was underselling what they could do, but I said that they would have a thousand yard runner and two thousand yard receivers this year. And because it should be like it, it, yeah, you should be able to snap with the talent that they have, and, yeah. that, and that's what it comes down to is is to use the talent. And uh, again, this offense is struggling to score twenty points. It's insane. A game. It's insane. Darryl. They should not be sc- struggling to score. They got outgained by 118 yards yesterday by the Bengals. Bengals had 450 yards of offense. Browns had like 333 or something like that, approximate, uh, in that ballpark. Um, that should not happen. Uh, not <laughs> it, it shouldn't. So um, maybe you know this one and zero thing continues to work, and they win out and they finish nine and seven, and then they say, hey, we won. What would that be uh, if they went out? The, that'd be seven of eight. They, they will have gone 7-1 and one down the stretch, and they can say that all our problems are solved. We just got to get together with Odell in the offseason and kind of smooth some stuff out and, and move this thing forward. But um, I just right now, as I look at it, I don't see a path to the playoffs, even though we can do the mental gymnastics to make it happen, uh, which makes it a failure. And, um, you know, 8-8, eight and eight, let's say they go 8-8, eight and eight, right? And that's what I think they're going to do. Uh, th- that's by – that's disappointing here's, as hell. Right. But here's here's what I wanted to say. By Browns standards, and this is how low the bar is, by Browns standards, they're having a great season. They have six wins with three games to go. They won every game they won at beat every team in their division, which never happened before. Um they've uh, won four of five for the second or third time since ninety-nine. It rarely happens here. They've been able to do that. Um they're back to back years for the first time since one and two seasons that they're not gonna finish in last place. Because it's usually okay if they finish in third place, then the following year they're back to last place. Like that two straight years, third place finish. Yeah. So like in this grand scheme of like from where they were at it one and thirty one or four and forty four to like where they are now, yes, that it's it's arcing up. The problem is, James, is that the arc this year was supposed to be a straight rocket shot up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and not a steady incline. So they're still on like this steady incline. Now they still didn't meet the expectations. They were supposed to shoot up this year into the stratosphere and 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 be a power. They they really were. They were supposed to be. The Kansas City Chiefs, uh, you know, with that, that that style offense, when you look at the personnel, right? Mm-hmm. That's what the Browns were supposed to be this year, and they've not been that. And it's no wonder Odell is not happy, even though when we ask him, he says he's fine. But, again, apparently he's not because people around him are talking to Charles Robinson. They're talking to Jake Laser, They're talking to Ian Rappaport. And that tells you it's not a healthy relationship. It tells you, yes, Freddie, the relationship is is fractured, and I'm not insinuating a damn effing thing. <laughs> You're referring to your questioning uh, of Freddie Kitchens at the press conference on Monday, and he said, oh, I, you can insinuate. Yeah, I mean, the reality is, is Freddie Kitchens, his seat is extremely hot. It should be, and uh, we'll see what happens. We'll see what they do. I think this Arizona game is going to be tough. He's Del Ryder. I'm James Rapine. Make sure you check out all of our work at 923thefan.com. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and the Radio.com app, and wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be back next week. Thank you so much for listening to the Cleveland Sports Beat Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.